Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll continue our coverage of the COVID-19 crisis. We'll talk about how the virus is impacting the fertilizer industry. We'll also hear from officials from the dairy and beef sectors. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Fertilizer is essential to continued global food security, and Canadian agriculture will play a critical role in helping the world recuperate from the COVID-19 pandemic. Garth White is the president and CEO of Fertilizer Canada. Right now, it's a critical time for fertilizer. Uh, The farmers want to plant. In the next couple of months, well, I guess April, May, we got to get out there. So our message is the... The fertilizer's in position. We're ready to go. We just don't want to be blindsided by maybe COVID-19 pandemic uh, solutions that are being done elsewhere. We've got to keep the border open, and we've got to keep make sure we have our ports and our truck service and our rail service operating so that we can get fertilizer to market. So that's more reaching out and giving a a message to uh, our growers that the fertilizer's there ready to go when you need it. The next issue is we're telling government don't put emergency measures or or any unusual restrictive measures that may inadvertently hit uh, a a critical time for our our customers and for us. Any changes um, as far as, um, you know, getting getting it onto farmers, onto the farms? No, there shouldn't be. But again, uh, as you were mentioning on contingency planning, we got to make sure that, uh, that our truckers are that we have truckers, that we got to make sure that the truckers can work. Um, they may have to work longer hours, and we don't want to be restricted by some uh, labor laws that under normal circumstances, because who knows what happens. We also, uh, you know, if one outlet is, is hurt with COVID vi- uh, COVID-19 virus, then other uh, members, other um, organizations, um, companies will step up and help deliver the product. So I think we're in pretty good shape. I mean, we've, we're, um, but the, the thing is the unknown moving into the next couple of weeks. And I think if you think about this, this is, and rightfully so, is, has been an urban um, um, policy-based approach to COVID-19. But there's a rural issue that the government and everyone has to understand. If we don't get our crops planted, and then when COVID-19 does go away, and it will go away, if we don't have a crops uh, planet, we have a problem in the fall uh, with, you know, food and food production, not only for Canada, but for the world. So fertilizer is essential to continue global food security. So I think that's one of our key messages. With the uh, late harvest, do you expect to see an increase in fertilizer being, being used uh, this coming year? Well, definitely be more than last year, for sure. I mean, uh, the spring last year was wet it was bad and uh, so fertilizer use was down and the fall as you said it was late uh so there was and again that wasn't put down so yes i think it'll be get back to normal levels at very least and uh with all these different stories that are out there i think worse is giving a message of uh kind of hope that you know, at least in our sector, we're solid and we're ready and we'll be there when, when growers need us. The recent rail disruptions, has that impacted um, movement? Very much so. Um, but we're back up on, 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 um, back on track, shall I say. But look, we had a strike and then we had uh, the um, ministerial order. 
the rail embargo, and then we had the blockade. It's not been a fun year for us and uh, nor for our customers. So uh, we were hoping to get back to normalcy, and now we've got COVID-19, but I think we're in good position. That was Garth White, President and CEO of Fertilizer Canada. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. There are a number of non-traditional factors at play in the grain markets, which is causing a lot of volatility for the agriculture sector. John Drieger, Vice President of Leftfield Commodity Research, says external influences have an enormous impact, like the coronavirus and its impact, and of course the ongoing trade challenges globally. Uh, it doesn't mean that the world will just stop trading tomorrow, but, but certainly there's a less of an appetite towards more free open trade and more of a tendency towards you know, putting on tariffs, uh, protecting the domestic markets and, and so forth. And, and so agriculture is an exporting industry, particularly for us in Western Canada, so certainly we feel that. Canada has a number of ongoing challenges including the dispute with China over canola and India over pulses. He notes it's a larger global trend with Brexit or the trade war between the U.S. and China. The province has extended the deadline for the online survey related to the review of the forage insurance program. The new deadline is March 31st. Copies of the survey are also available through the mail. In addition, there will be focus group meetings held via video conferencing. Spring seeding is about a month or so away. David Hamblin with Red River Seeds at Morris talked about how the COVID-19 outbreak is impacting his business. Right now we're trying to put uh, deliveries on hold, uh, hoping that uh, you know things are a little clearer a month down the road. Uh, we're not typically doing a lot of deliveries at this time of year yet anyways. Uh, most of the time it would start beginning of April, so we're trying to keep that on pause. Uh, anybody that does really want to have their seat at home. We're just uh, trying to respect some of the distances and interactions, uh, having things prepared in advance for somebody to pick up so that uh, we can limit the amount of time that uh, guys have to be here. Hamlin says farmers don't really have the option to put their operation on hold like other businesses may be able to do. And Will Bergman farms in the Glen Lee area and says despite changes and concerns around COVID-19, operations are still running fairly smoothly. I guess we're still in this learning process of what exactly is happening and, and how this is going to transpire. People still need to eat, so that's a good thing. We're still hauling grain and we're still uh, checking on pigs and I'm still, I, I start up the greenhouse and we're going to be growing vegetables. So that hasn't changed. He says they've been trying to cut down their in-person contact by limiting the amount of people they let onto the farm. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, March 20th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Canadian Cattlemen's Association President Bob Lowe. While the Canada-U.S. border is closing to non-essential travel, commercial trade will continue. Canadian Cattlemen's Association President Bob Lowe talked about the importance of keeping the border open to livestock. For the survival of our industry in Canada, we need that border open. Um... Canada and the U.S. have such a huge, I guess, trading, reciprocal trading thing. It's, it's more like one country than two countries. So, you know, they're, they're basically the same as we are. We, need to, we export 50% of our production and 70% of that goes to the states. So we kind of need that border open. 
not only beef, it's it's everything. It's lettuce coming up here from California. It's We're talking food now. There was some news about the temporary foreign worker program. Uh, the Ag Minister said uh, they plan to allow uh, workers in, but they're, they're coming up with a plan on how to do that. Um, uh, your thoughts on the importance of, of uh, foreign workers and, and what they mean to the cattle industry? We need to keep the plants open. And right now this is about the plants, and they, they rely on a lot of temporary foreign workers. So it's just, it's just to keep the labor. You know, food is a critical thing here, as you can tell by the grocery store shelves. They see pictures on. So as far as the beef industry, our part of that is keeping the plants open so we can get food to the grocery stores. And they need the labor to do that. Talk a bit more about the about the supply chain. You know, as far as beef, um, how are things going there? Uh, beef is still making it out to, to the stores? Apparently. I mean, I, I don't look at it because I have a deep freeze full of it. But what I'm seeing, you know, pictures on social media and what people are telling me that the beef is getting there, but people are stockpiling that too. So there's, there's you know, everybody's got a little bit of a freezer somewhere or another, and they're just stockpiling it and... So it's, it's, there has been empty meat shelves, but the meat will get there. It's just a matter of it's kind of like the toilet paper thing. People are buying more than they need on a day-to-day basis, which probably isn't a bad idea. What other impacts is this uh, uh, situation having on the cattle industry? Well, I think as far as the cattle industry goes, the same as everything else. It's, it's where this is, this is a fairly, major, well, fairly, there's a major, a major, uh, shift in everything when you get a pandemic like this one that's obviously everywhere and increasing quickly it goes beyond the cattle to the people side of things you know in in our own operation we've we're paying a whole lot more attention to what they call social distancing and you know just washing our hands and stuff it's it's become a people thing as much as anything else. What about the animals? Um, you know, we've heard that there's uh, no or there's no evidence of, of transmission to animals. But um, any advice for producers, I guess, on how to how to go about doing things here? Yeah, there's absolutely no evidence that that this virus can go from humans to animals or animals to humans. So there's no evidence of that anywhere on the globe. So it's, it's business as usual. You know, where where producers need to be aware is is in their dealings with other people. Just maintain this. I read something the other day that I thought was really good. Instead of social distancing, let's call it physical distancing. Um, but it's, it's maintain that distance. You know, if, if you're sick or if any of your employees are sick, tell them to stay home. We got to get nip this thing in the bud. And the way we're going to do it is listen to the, listen to the medical people and, and do what they're saying, which is just that, just, just be careful. That was Bob Lowe, president with the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. Glendalee Allen Vossler had a chance to talk about the volatility and market challenges the egg sector has been experiencing with John Drieger from Leftfield Commodity Research. 
Normally, you know, we spend a lot of our time in green markets focusing on things like exports and acres and yield and, and so forth. And of course, obviously, that's still the case. But, but certainly, we, we are seeing and have seen for a while just, just sort of these other external influences have an, have an enormous impact. And, you know, of course, the, the, the one that's most prominent in the media uh, now is, is the coronavirus and the implications uh, of, of that, both on terms of, of actual demand, but also, you know, in terms of, call it, you know, sentiment and, and risk and uncertainty around that. But, uh, you know, I think that's just an example of other things we've seen, whether it's it's uh, trade wars, you know, between the U.S. and China, between China and Canada, India with tariffs and pulses, uh, and, and just, just a lot of uh, unrest and uncertainty in the wider geopolitical and macroeconomic environment. That spills over into grain markets as well, and, and so that is a trend we've been seeing the last couple of years, and I think it's one we'll continue to see here going forward. You talked about seeing a reduced global appetite for trade and a lot of the trade challenges that we're seeing these days. That's a trend that we've been, been seeing over the last number of years, and, and so again, you know, we sort of think specifically, say, of, of uh, India and pulses or, or the dispute between China and Canada over, over canola, but, but it reflects a larger global trend, whether it's Brexit, uh, whether it's just a wider trade war between, uh, between the U.S. and China. Uh, I think there's just, just generally sort of this sentiment towards sort of more open, freer trade. Uh, you know, we, we sort of went through a trend where that was the sort of the prevailing sentiment for a long period of time, and, and I think those winds have shifted. Uh, it doesn't mean that the world will just stop trading tomorrow, but, but certainly there's a less of an appetite towards more free, open trade and more of a tendency towards you know putting on tariffs uh, protecting the domestic markets and and so forth and and so agriculture is an exporting industry particularly for us in Western Canada so certainly we feel that let's talk a little bit about some of the key markets you you referenced India those still are, are a somewhat important market in pulses well at least for lentils anyway they but, but but you know for example something like peas I mean they've been taking incremental volumes and so where they they used to be is just just our, our primary customer, our largest customer. Now it's to the point where they're uh, more of an incremental customer. You know, that demand has shifted more so to, to China. But uh, a huge market, largest pulse uh, consuming nation, largest pulse uh, producing nation. Unfortunately, not a very large customer for Canadian pulses, at least relative to what they used to be anymore. And China? Well, China has really picked up the slack, at least in terms of, uh, of, of pea uh, imports. And so that is one that is, is fortunately kind of replaced that that Indian demand and so whereas as India is taking only incremental volumes China's taking huge volumes of Canadian peas uh, that demand I think that the, the trend looks quite sustainable they've been a been a great client and so that's been fortunate that they've really offset that what we've lost in Indian uh, export demand so so China has been a huge purchaser of peas and it's a crop that has not been impacted for example the way canola was where where that was sort of you know, call it ground zero with the dispute we have with them you know so far no signs that it's impacted peas that's John Drieger with Leftfield Commodity Research for Golden West. I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to the farm desk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Porks AGM scheduled for next week in Winnipeg has been postponed. And the Royal Manitoba Winter Fair scheduled for the end of the month in Brandon has been cancelled. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon. Joining us now is Dairy Farmers of Manitoba Chair David Weens to talk about the COVID-19 crisis. 
Well, it certainly has uh, changed the atmosphere on on uh, dairy farms and also within the industry. I mean, from a broader perspective, uh, there's you know all the the meetings that have been scheduled over the next uh, couple of months have been uh, cancelled or are being uh, done by conference call, uh, WebEx, and so on. So there's a real effort there to uh, you know to uh, uh, respect the social distancing and. And uh, at the same time, um, you know, we're also encouraging our farmers to follow all the advice from the Public Health Agency of Canada and other authorities. And that includes cancelling non-essential farm visits to prevent the human-to-human transmission of the virus and also asking producers to exhibit symptoms that do exhibit those symptoms would get those uh, or test uh, positive to self-isolate, you know, in accordance with... uh, guidance from the public health officials. And we're also working with uh, with other uh, dairy industry stakeholders, you know, uh, whether it's other uh, provincial dairy associations, we're working with processors and, and uh, the Canadian Dairy Commission uh, and, and other, whatever, gov- other government agencies and ministries, uh, you know, Public Health Agency of Canada, uh, Health Canada, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency, Public Safety, just to mention a few, uh, you know, to ensure that the ongoing supply of, of dairy products uh, will, you know, will actually continue. And, of course, the other thing that we're, you know, we're also emphasizing to our farmers that, you know, we need to have uh, business continuity plans under these situations, you know, so that, uh, you know, they're prepared for kind of the worst-case scenarios. How does it work, I guess, with, with quotas and how much is produced and, and just getting it out onto the store shelves there? Yeah, so we... So we continue to uh, to produce the milk, and as long as there's no uh, disruptions on the farm, for example, uh, so far we have been able to uh, have a supply of you know the cleaning agents that we use for uh, milking equipment, uh, feed supplies uh, continue to come in un- uninterrupted. Our our uh, milk pickups, the transportation system is is currently uh, working very well. Uh, the uh, all the milk is still being uh, tested every day uh, for you know quality and components and all those uh, those good things. So that continues to happen. Uh, you know our, our our testing lab in uh, Horizon Lab continues to operate uh, as it did before. So so we see that uh, uh, you know and then in terms of uh, you know on the processing so. We're able to get milk to the processors uh, on a daily basis, as as we always do, and you know the processors are also very uh, vigilant about uh, ensuring that that their you know that their operations can continue on uh, very smoothly as well. So, uh, my understanding is that uh, you know for uh, you know all the, the processors in our province uh, continue to uh, to operate, and that. You know, they're they're that they're continuing to uh, with the, with the same output as they had before. That was Dairy Farmers of Manitoba Chair David Weens. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Ongoing trade challenges remain a key concern for Canadian farmers. Shipments of peas into India have dropped off dramatically since they added significant tariffs in November of 2017. John Drieger, Vice President of Leftfield Commodity Research, says while exports have dropped off, India is still an important market. 
You know, for example, something like peas, I mean, they've been taking incremental volumes. And so where they, they used to be is just, just our, our primary customer, our largest customer. Now it's to the point where they're uh, more of an incremental customer. You know, that demand has shifted more so to, to China. But uh, a huge market, largest pulse uh, consuming nation, largest pulse uh, producing nation. Unfortunately, not a very large customer for Canadian pulses, at least relative to what they used to be anymore. He says China has actually picked up some of the slack left by India when it comes to Canadian pea exports, adding that while China is taking some canola, it's nowhere near the volume they once did. Farmers continue to plan for spring seeding despite the uncertainty surrounding COVID-19. David Hamlin is the owner of Red River Seeds near Morris. Weather dependent, uh, you know, we're seeding on you know April 20th or May 1st, whatever the date is, and those things, we don't really have an option of of delaying for a month or two like other uh, industries could if it got bad. We're kind of prioritizing things to make sure that the absolute uh, necessary things are in place for the spring seeding season and uh, just trying to think through some of the extra things that maybe we should have in place in the event that we do get uh, you know, a real lockdown that has happened in other countries. Hamlin says right now they're trying to put seed deliveries on hold, hoping that things are a little clearer a month down the road. And a farmer from the Glen Lee area says COVID-19 is still a learning process for farmers here in southern Manitoba. Will Bergman has been hauling grain and started up the greenhouse to grow vegetables, but says taking precautions is important at this time. The quarantine and the uh, you know self-isolation, it's an interesting one. And I don't think that a lot of farmers that I've talked to right now have taken that seriously. And part of me thinks that it's an overreaction. It's a little crazy. It's a little too much. And maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But I'd, I'd much rather play on the side of being safe and, and the self-isolation thing and just like cutting down unnecessary contact. Despite most operations running as usual, he does say they are limiting the amount of people on the farm to follow social distancing practices. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.